this is life greetings i hope that you've had a wonderful week weekend whenever however you are listening of course this is your host sean johnson and uh as always every single week it's been a pleasure it's always a pleasure to get behind this microphone and speak to your speakers <laughs> wherever you may or maybe not be listening to this uh this episode i hope and pray that you're just doing well that's what i really hope and pray more than anything else that that you just have you able to just count blessings over and over and over again and if you aren't able to count the blessings well you better start because the the life is too short to be worried about and complaining about and be focused on all the negative things if there be any praise if there be any virtue think of those things says the bible and also says the word and on top of that regardless if the bible says so or not it's just a good way to be living because you know if we our minds are focused on the, the goodness and the graciousness and the wonderful things of life more than we are those things that hurt us, upset us, or put us down, then the better off we'll be and the more enjoyable this life will be for us, right? Amen? Amen. All right, well, again, it's good to be with y'all guys. Uh, if you want a little bit of an update on where I am, uh, yes, I am still going strong on my journey, my weight loss journey. Um I kind of figure I'll just give you a little bit of a, a morsel, if you will, every single week. It just kind of about where my where I'm at. If anything, for me. So if you don't like this part, you can fast forward. But if for me, it's good because at least I'm able to kind of help. You guys are able to help keep me accountable, and 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 it's just kind of nice to share it with somebody. Uh, I I didn't used to always be like that. In fact, always my weight. And, and even for a certain, for to a large degree, it still is this way. I, I I'm kind of real private about it, uh, mostly because I, you know, people rely on me and they count on me, especially my family and, you know, the those who I work with and then those who see me as any kind of leader, regardless, uh, you know, that they, they love me and they count me as uh, one of their friends and someone they love, and I know that you know they they worry about me and, and about my health and my future and that kind of deal and so anytime that I would it was always easier just to kind of ignore my weight kind of ignore my you know well I shouldn't say ignore it. there's no ignoring it because you're living with it I mean it's on you it's it's every part of you I mean uh, there's just you I'm always reminded of people are like oh you're overweight yeah yeah no no crap yeah yeah I know that <laughs> you're not in my body you know I realize that. But I, you know, kept my, anytime I was planning on going on any kind of life change or diet or plan to try and reduce the weight, you know, I, I'd like to keep that to a minimum as people who know. And a lot of that's just because I don't like disappointing people. You know, a lot of people were rooting for me and are wanting me to succeed. And I, I really have a lot of reason to believe that I finally, finally going to do this, that I'm really going to get to my goal weight now. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to press this all the way to the very end, and then I'm going to maintain it for the rest of my days. I'm never going to come back to where I am now. That's what I'm planning, and that's what I'm believing, and that's what I really think is going to happen this time around. There's a lot of reasons to believe that. Uh, but every single day is a challenge, and I'm not looking for tomorrow. I'm just looking for getting through today. And I think as long as I maintain that mindset and uh, that, that idea, you know, that I'm able to just make the best out of the situation and you know just work hard i mean every single little tiny baby step is still a step in the right direction and that's how i have to look at it uh you know so but i don't i never really like sharing that with people and 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 friends or loved ones or close ones or anybody really and a lot of that was just because you know it's again i didn't want to be disappointing anybody i didn't want anybody to feel like they i don't know um 
I just don't like the pressure. You know, it's, I'm already putting enough pressure on myself. So, anyway, um, regardless, where are you, Sean? Well, I've lost 10 pounds in the first week. Now, granted, probably some of that was water weight, but at the same time, 10 pounds is still 10 pounds. It's still 10% of my first goal. So, hey, we're getting there and moving there, and, and I can't really complain. I just, I'm, I'm grateful that... I have this opportunity to, 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 to get healthier and we're going to just make it happen the best way we can. And, um, yeah, I just, I'm looking forward to all the wonderful new adventures I get to do and go on. Uh, you know, and of course I'm reading stories about other people who've lost a lot of weight and I'm like, oof, that, that would, that would be nice. You know, like people like talking about, oh, I could barely walk up and down the block and now I'm running marathons. Like, well, <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, maybe eventually I can run a marathon, but I don't know. Uh, I, at this point, I'm just happy just getting around and, and making sure that I keep all my, you know, all my, all my, I get all my meal replacements in every single day and my vitamins. And I'm just trying to just take one day at a time. So we'll, we'll talk about marathons later, way later. But for right now, let's just focus on what I am doing, what I can do and that kind of deal. And, and that seems to be doing just, just, just as fine. <laughs> right. Okay. This is fine. So Sean, what do we want to talk about today? I want to talk about our mouths. I, I believe that in the Bible very, it's very clear that the tongue is a very dangerous weapon. It is sharper than two edged sword that the tongue is an unruly evil. I mean, there's a lot of strong language that comes uh, when it's talking about the tongue itself. And, and in fact, I can't think of a body part more um, talked about with disdain in the Bible than the tongue. And, and and that's not that hard to believe. I mean, wars have been started over wrong words and things said, or uh, fights, usually any kind of fights or disagreements always have words involved or some sort of, you know, pain that you that you express towards another person with with the vocal cords in your mouth and your tongue you know we we can really hurt a lot of people with the things that we say i mean people have gotten you know people say stupid stuff on the radio or on tv and even if it's an accident if a slip has canceled and killed people's lives and their livelihood now a lot of most 99.99 percent of the time that was probably it was justified because they shouldn't have said the stupid things they did and you know but it still goes to show that if we are mindful of our tongue if we are not mindful of what is coming out uh then you know uh, we are subject to whatever consequences may be and it's very important, especially as us as believers and people who name Christ as his, as 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 his family, as heirs of Christ. If we are going to be examples of Jesus to this world, we got to watch our mouths as well. I mean, if we're gonna be, if we're gonna be say that we are sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost and we are cleansed and we are, you know, have love in our heart towards God and towards everybody else. Uh, our tongue has to be something that we really are mindful of. And a lot of that comes from just practice, being slow to speak, right? To be mindful of everything you, that you think of before you say it. Um, you know, look look at your audience. Look at the people around you. Is there anything that you can say or, or say that will maybe offend or hurt somebody? Or And that didn't necessarily even mean like, I mean, yes, obviously there are, phrases and words in our culture and our society that nobody should ever say for any reason whatsoever. But I'm also talking about, you know, just hurting somebody else with your words or just bullying or just doing something or saying something that 
it's just to for the whole sole whole sole purpose just to cause harm or to cause hurt and to cause heartache and Christians should not be in that business. And and unfortunately, I mean, I've heard a lot of pastors and preachers from behind pulpits that should be watching their tongue from the things that they're saying. Just awful things, just terrible, awful things. And I'm just like, how, how in the world can you even consider that being something that is worth saying to not only your congregation, but just saying out loud in general? Uh, I mean, I'll give you an example. Um, here, here. Uh, this, this is a pastor. See if I can find it real quick. He's a fundamental Baptist preacher out of the South, and, and I'm learning most of the clips that I'm finding from this particular demographic or genre just, man, I don't know. I just, it's, it's like people are just forgetting, pastors especially, a lot of pastors are just forgetting why we're the light of the world, why we're the salt of the earth, why we're for the, why, like the whole point of being a Christian. And it's definitely not to tear down other people. I'm just telling you, it's not. We're not supposed to tear down other people. We're not supposed to say mean things. And and this guy, what I'm about to show you in here in this clip, is just. I mean, I would just, I would just, I, I was spell. I I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what? This was actually said at a sermon about people, specifically about women, and this was coming from behind a pulpit. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And here, I'll, I'll let it do uh, its own talking for you. Check check out this gem. That's when the gals started wearing the miniskirts up there. You know why you got fat thighs? Because you're supposed to wear a long skirt. Uh. <laughs> I don't know where it comes from. It just flies through. I don't know. <laughs> the thing I don't understand about you women putting on these yoga pants. <laughs> and skinny jeans, you ain't skinny. You have to lay on the bed, suck your gut in, or to pop the, the, the pants shut. Then you go walking. <laughs> Say, honey, open the door. I'm going to go shopping. <laughs> you get downtown, breathe, you'll kill 13 people with that button pops. Somebody get a video camera, your rear end. You look like a pair of hogs in a sack fighting. That's what you look like. Truth. That which is absolute modest apparel is still in the Word of God. I just don't know what's worse. I don't know what's worse. It, it is him telling them, these, saying these awful things about going not only God's creation, but women. I mean, how sexist and chauvinist and, and just, I mean, awful. But regardless, I don't know what's worse, him talking or the audience laughing. And I... It, I'm just like, where's the compassion? I mean, some people say, you know, that's he's just joking around. He's, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I can't, I can't imagine Jesus going around joking like that. Can you? Sorry, I just, I can't. If it had, if if it would, if it would make anybody else feel awful or feel down about themselves or push somebody else out, I, I you know, like, like I just, I don't, I don't see it happening. And it just it saddens me that this is kind of becoming the culture of the church. We're so I mean, we're we're trying to lift ourselves up, and the only way we're finding ways to do that anymore is pushing others down. And that is why the church is failing. That's why the church is losing people by the hundreds and thousands. Why? It's not because the gospel's changed. It's because the church has changed. We we've gone from. From, from teaching about Jesus to teaching about politics. We've gone from teaching about love to teaching about, 
you know, building ourselves up and our, and our churches and our buildings and everything else. It's like we've completely forgotten the whole purpose of the Great Commission, which is to go therefore into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news, the this that that everybody is is has access to the grace and the love and the mercy and the goodness and the kindness of God. And, you know, we're just so busy and so consumed with filling our own selves up and our own pride that if it means putting somebody else down to make me feel better, then so be it, because I'm going to preach the word of God. Well, no, you're not. You're not even close to preaching. No word, no God. You know, not, at least not one that I'm aware of. I want to go to Scripture now. I want to go to James chapter 3. And and so we're going to talk. We're just going to do James chapter 3, 1 through 12. And this specifically is talking about Taming the tongue, taming the tongue, making sure that we're doing our very best to make sure that this tongue that we have, that we are, you know, have charge over, that we are doing our very best to make sure that it's tamed, that it's not being used to hurt people, to tear other people down, to, but it's in, in fact, it's doing the opposite. In fact, we're supposed to be edifying and exhorting and that's the whole point of the, of being a Bible believing Christian and full of the Holy Spirit is that we no longer are, you know, uh, subjects to ourselves, but we have now the mind of Christ, and that includes our tongue. That includes the, the things that we not only think now, excuse me, but the things that we say ought to be with the mind of Christ. That has to be first and foremost and centered, and so. You know what? What are we gonna do? Well, I, th I think the first foremost thing we gotta do is is capture every vain imagination, right? The Bible tells us every single thought that comes into our mind to think about it, to to ponder it, to be slow to speak, just like we're being supposed to be slow to anger. We're supposed to receive these things in our heads and our minds, and ask ourselves: Is this profitable to myself, to somebody else, and does it give glory to God? If not, then we need to cast it and throw it away. That goes with anything. But when it comes specifically to how our, what we say and how we say it, remember sometimes how we say things is more important than what we say. That also the motivation behind what we're saying. I mean, I've, I believe me, there's plenty of people, plenty of Christians who say, I'll pray for you, like it's some sort of spiritual cussing, right? I've always believed that the, uh, I'm going to pray for you is the spiritual, uh, the Christianese F-U, right? I'm going to pray for you. And, and, you know, it's just how awful. I mean, you're literally just telling, telling somebody off just because you got upset with them or because they don't, you know, they, they offended you. I mean, golly, I'm so sick and tired of offended Christians. But, you know, we, we think that, um, you know, that just because we, somebody said it did something against us or even did something against God. Okay. It's like, we all of a sudden have to become to his defense. Like it's ridiculous. James three. Now, many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we, we who teach will be judged more strictly. And so in other words, this is saying, if you want to be a teacher of the Bible, if you want to be a teacher of, you know, the good news of Jesus, understand that, you have a responsibility, and it's not just talking about judged by God. I think just judged by mankind. I mean, any and anybody anybody who's in leadership will tell you that that everyone's watching them, and that you know the things that they do and say, even outside of the spotlight, matters, and it has consequences. And that's what this is talking about: is if you're going to put yourself on the stage, realize that that stage carries consequences and carries a weight and carries a responsibility, like Spider-Man. You know, greater, you know, more that you're given, the greater responsibility. Of whoever it is, I have to ask my wife; she's the superhero nerd. But you know what I'm saying? 
uh, that that we all, you know, don't be so quick to just try and get on that stage to try and get into behind that pulpit, uh, because all of a sudden now you're going to be responsible, even more so for the things you say than just your average Joe and schmo. Verse two it says, "We all stumble in many ways." If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. Okay, if anyone is never at fault in what he says, he's a perfect man. If you can keep, in other words, if you can keep your mouth clean and right and without fault, then you can consider yourself perfect and clean and complete. But verse 3 says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Okay. If, in other words, if you can control what comes out of your mouth, you are stepping closer to what the Bible says about being perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Uh, well, you're, 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 you are controlling that which leads you and also gets you either in the most trouble or gives you the most blessings. And that is our mouth. That is our words. That is the tongue. That is the things that we say. That is the motivations behind what we say and why we're saying them. All of these things. It says, take ships for an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by just a small spark. You know, all those fires that we hear about in California and on the West Coast and everything, most of those are not because of lightning. They're because of a cigarette being thrown out the window or because somebody, you know, I think there was one person who did a, one family or whatever gathering did a one of those ginger reveal party cannons or something and it caused a wildfire. I mean, the, the, okay, you know, my point is is that the, that the most, uh, the generally most fires are start, started by not intentional. They are after effects of something that was something else. And that's the same thing that is that if we want to make sure that we, because there's people that I know, it seems like they're all their life, their entire lives are forest fires and raging drama. Like there's always problems. There's always, you know, some sort of goings on that just causes them to us all sorts of distress and most of the time, if you really were to take a step back, you can look at the entire circumstances and realize a lot of it has to do with controlling the tongue and controlling how and what you say can really go a long ways to give you peace in this life. I'm just telling you, that's just the truth of it. And that because we have to understand that this mouth can give us a lot of trouble. It can give us a lot of blessings, but it can also get us into a lot of trouble and it loves to boast itself. So keep it in check. The tongue is also a fire, verse 6. A world of evil among the parts of the body. you got to respect the tongue. you got to respect what you say. You know, out of the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So whatever is coming out of your mouth, I'm not talking about cussing and the occasional F four letter word, you know, or even say, you know, OMG or whatever. I mean... A lot of Christians will tell you that, that you know, that OMG, you know, when you say, oh, my God, or whatever, that that means that you're saying the Lord's name in vain. I guess, to, to, okay, you, if you want to make that argument, that's fine. But I think, honestly, doing and saying things that are contrary to God, that is more saying in the Lord's name in vain. But when you are, you know, say you're a Christian or say you're a believer, but yet you're acting and living like somebody who hates people and hates, you know, hates God's creation and you are tearing other people down, that to me is taking the Lord's name in vain.
Verse 6, the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. <laughs> I think the author really wants to get the point and say, let me tell you that again. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Yeah, who would have thought? But come on, no one listening to this podcast can deny that they have either not yet either themselves or seen somebody else be set on, on, on quote-unquote fire by a tongue. Think about it. Think about some some of the confrontations and controversies and, and you know, uh, just contests that you may have seen, you know, divisions that have been started by the tongue, by the, you know, just the, the evil, awful things that are said through, you know, the mouth. And it has to be controlled. It has to be tamed, especially as believers. We cannot just let our minds go crazy and just think that whatever we're going to say is justified because we think it's what God wants to say to his people. When in reality, just like the pastor, I'm sure, quote unquote, he had a good heart. I don't know what his heart was, but it doesn't take anybody. It doesn't take a real smart person to listen to that and be like, you know, that's wrong. That is a heartful things to be saying, especially trying to say them. You know, it's one thing to talk about modesty. It's another completely thing to tear people down and to ridicule people. I mean, it just it's two different separate things. Verse 7. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Okay, there's that colorful language, but I think that the author had to give us this colorful language to prove the point that it's something to pay attention to. For with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Isn't that the truth, man? We do that. This was written 2,000 years ago, and we still have this problem. I've always said we have no problem talking about loving God, but when it comes to about loving other people, the church doesn't like to talk about that and doesn't like to do it. And the Jesus is very plainly that the two commandments, love your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, those are interchangeable, two sides of the same coin, and they cannot be separated, and they just are themselves are as important as the other. So, yes, we can spend all single day, every single Sunday and Wednesday and every day praising, worshiping, and loving our God. But it's amazing how we can use that same tongue that blesses and curses uh, that blesses God and curses men and who were created in God's likeness. Verse 10 says, Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig bear olives? A grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce, produce fresh water. Verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? So I'm asking right now, who's listening to the podcast? Who out there is willing to take on the challenge of taming the tongue? This is how you do it. Let him show it by his good life. This is how you tame the tongue. This is how you, uh, you know, you, you you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. That's it. We're going to talk about that sometime. I've been learning a lot about what it actually means to be filled with the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit 
and it's not what I was I've, I've always thought and taught. So we'll learn about that here. I'm still working on it. Um, I'm excited about it, but it basically what it means in a nutshell. Again, we'll be doing a later bigger study on it. Is the whole, is that God, His Holy Spirit, overtakes you? That His Spirit fills you and, and, and almost, I guess you could say, controls you. And, and the only way to do that is by letting and God be the one who's leading you rather than you leading yourself. Let him show up by his good life, by deeds done, and the humility that comes from wisdom. But, but verse 14, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it and do not deny the truth. Okay, be honest with yourself. Be honest with other people. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, such wisdom, but is earthly, unspiritual, or of the devil. Okay, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, this is important. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. Okay, if you want, literally, think about that. Anytime that there's envy, anytime that there's a, I'm doing this purely for myself and a lot of times evil hard things that people say towards against somebody else is to get lift themselves up it's a pride thing it's like i'm going to tear you down so that i can feel better about myself and what this does is it causes disorder causes division and every evil practice that's why the tongue is so important that we maintain civility with it and that we choose our words wisely that we think and talk kind words not mean words words of life and not words of death verse 17 but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure then peace loving considerate submissive full of mercy and good fruit impartial and sincere that my friends is the body of christ that's what we're intended to be Peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Did that audio clip that I told you, I showed you about 15 minutes ago, did that sound like any of those things? And they're all over. It doesn't take long or hard to find preachers from the pulpit saying terrible, awful things like that. And maybe the guy had a bad day. Okay, I get that. I've said some stupid things in my life before, too. And God forbid I would have those things recorded and spit all over the Internet. But... At the same time, he's saying them to a group of people who are acknowledging it and laughing and are eating it up like it's thinking turkey dinner. And I just, that's what just bothers me is that even if he were to later on repent and go forth and on his ways, you still are creating monsters in your congregation who are going to go out and spew that kind of nonsense themselves. And then tell their children are going to call, you know, going to follow after their footsteps. And then this vicious cycle of mean Christians just was continuing. It's just going to it's going to continue on and on and on. And I'm just I'm sick of it. I'm just sick and tired of mean Christians. And that's one of the purposes of the show is to hopefully encourage you to be one of the nice Christians, to be one of the peace loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Verse 18 says, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Righteousness is like the biggest thing in churches, right? Everyone's, all the prayer pastors are saying that in order to please God, you have to be righteous. Well, this tells us right here, if you want to have righteous living, if you want to choose righteousness over sin, 
Peace, that has to be the number one thing. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. So next time some preacher, some pastor tries to come against you and tell you you're not living righteously, tell them that in order to live righteously, we have to sow peace to raise a harvest of righteousness. And and that has to be our first and foremost. And it makes sense. I mean, think about it. The more desirable, the, the more desire that you have to have peace in your life with other people to, 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 you know, to, to seek peace from God, you know, to make sure that you're living righteously before him because you don't want to hurt him. You don't want to hurt others. The more that you seek peace, the more likely you and I are going to be able to experience life in its fullness because we are then therefore living in a harvest of righteousness, which is allows God's first blessing to be completely poured out on all of us. So anyway, guys, go forth from today, tame that tongue, try your very best. I know it gets hard, especially when some people just really irk you or make you upset, make you mad. You know, don't it's just 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 take it easy. Take every single imagination that comes in, capture it, think about it, simmer it, and cast it away if it's not profitable. This life is way too short for us to be going about spewing hatred and anger and division among one another. Let's seek peace so that a harvest of righteousness can be bountiful for you, me, and everyone that is around us. Until next time, God bless you guys. Aloha and mahalo.